the number one Costa Rica real estate and investment podcast, bringing you experts from all over Costa Rica. Good afternoon, guys, and welcome to episode 128 of Costa Rica Real Estate and Investments with me, your host, Richard Beckson. Today, we're going to be talking with Javier Delgado, a lawyer from Constructive Answers Law Firm based here in San Jose. Uh, Javier and I have worked on many uh, real estate deals together, usually very complicated ones um, that involve kind of purchase of land, development of homes, and also hotels. Um, but he's done transactions all over Costa Rica. Um, and currently we are working on a project down in Pavones, which is in the Southern Pacific area. So I thought it'd be great to get him on, really just talk about the common questions that investors have and advice that he has for anyone investing in real estate in Costa Rica. So we'll be chatting to him about that. Thanks again to everybody that's been reaching out to us uh, for help investing here in Costa Rica. Quite a few of you looking to buy land, uh, develop homes, buy a home, condos. Uh, or do uh, a lot of hotel projects. We've got quite a few hotel projects going on at the moment, so always a pleasure. Uh, I'm actually here at a hotel here in Palo Seco, uh, which is in the Central Pacific area, uh, that helping clients purchase at the moment here. So remember, if anyone wants to reach out to us, they can info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. But let's get straight into the podcast. Good morning, Javier. How are you doing? Good morning, Richard. I'm very good. Thank you so much for inviting me to this no. amazing podcast. Well, I very much appreciate it. Very much appreciate it. The word is certainly getting out there. I bumped into a guy yesterday. He was like, hey, your voice sounds familiar. If, uh, do you have a podcast? And I was just like, funny that you say that. But yeah, it's, uh, I've had a couple of people now kind of point that out. But uh, hey, at least they don't know my face as much unless they've seen it on YouTube. But no, pleasure to have you on here. Uh, I've already kind of introduced you to um, uh, a lot of the, uh, the, the, the uh, to the listeners here. So they kind of have an idea that, you know, um, it's kind of, I suppose, a focus on legal real estate here. But I wanted to get your, your viewpoint, Javier. I mean, again, you know, I mean, I suppose that there are a lot of, you know, world economic issues currently happening and uh, also social and political issues. But I mean, what are you seeing happening in Costa Rica? Are you seeing a slowdown? Is it picking up? I mean, what are you seeing? Oh, oh thank you again, uh, Richard, for letting me be here. I feel very honored. And Not at all. as all times we, we met, I think that this is going to be a very important day uh, where many people can take decisions and go forward with their projects. Yep. So I hope that we can guide it in the best way. Fantastic. Well, yeah. You know, well, I have seen the boom from last year's in the leading trendy beaches. That's undeniable. In that places, the real estate market experienced an increase in the sales price. And, you know, a minor offer of privileged or strategic land, like beachfront properties and close to the beach properties, with a consequent expansion of the market to non-trendy beaches. You know, happened in the north of the country with Tamarindo, where all the closest land to the beach was sold. Then its surroundings were sold. And the hills with the ocean view were also sold. Um, talking with some real estate brokers, they told me, hey man, I don't have all the inventory I would like to have. I'm getting listings from nearby nearby places like Playa Grande, Flamingo, Potrero, or Avellanas. You know, the same happened at the Central Pacific, Jaco. Um, 
as the place where development began in that area of the country. The market expanded to Manuel Antonio and to the south, Dominical, Osa, Puerto Jimenez. And, you know, I think that we'll start soon with the untouchable jugal pavones. <laughs> you know, I'm working there. Right Which we're very familiar with, yes. Yes. Uh, so there's a visible expansion from trendy to non-trendy beaches. And with a less impact, something more is happening. Many transactions are taking place in the Central Valley. And you will tell me, yes, most of the Costa Ricans live and buy properties in the Central Valley. Well, yes, but I see a phenomenon I haven't seen before, which is foreigners, families are buying real estate. They have kids and kids need education. So yep. they decided to buy properties close to recognized educational institutions located in the Central Valley. And, you know, when I started my career, most of the clients were baby boomers. I'm talking about 2005. Um, so when we can say that the beauty of Costa Rica nature attracts foreigners in first instance, yep. but sometimes necessity moves them to the Central Valley. So I'm seeing this this couple of, of phenomenons here here in Costa Rica right now. Well, I mean, I think it's important, you know, it's important some stuff that you've said there, um, which is, yeah, I mean, it's to be expected that like areas, you know, north and south of tourist hotspots, Tamarindo, Nosada, you know, Coco, Hermosa, Paco, Santa Teresa, Nosada. I mean, there are lots of them. But, you know, it's interesting that what the trend now is that the hip trendy places are some of those less undeveloped areas as people want to get that raw authentic feel for Costa Rica. And you mentioned Pavon is there just because again, I think if I'm correct, that's one of the longest lefts in the world as well. So it's a great surf destination. And the one thing that we always see here is great surf beaches usually do very, very well as a place to invest in Costa Rica as well. Um, I'm not too sure if that has anything to do with like uh, good looking guys and good looking women surfing and people want to, uh, to, to see that. I have no idea. Um, you know, maybe we can ask a psychologist about that one. We'll get a psychologist <laughs> on and try and really understand why those uh, are developing. But have you, have you recently, like, let's just take this year or let's take the last three or four months. Have you seen stuff slowing down or have you seen stuff speeding up or is it pretty much the same as it was prior? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Depends on who you ask, you know. Well, let's ask you. I'm I'm asking you in your transactions yeah, yeah. in your work. Is it the same as it was prior? Like it's just as crazy? Is it picking up, uh, or is it slowing down a little bit? For me, it's a little slowing down, but okay. just a little because yep. I got the luck to have some closings that we did a due diligence last year, and yep. now we're going to close. Yep. So maybe I'm not receiving more new cases. As as I had received before in yep. the last year, it, it was crazy. We we were um, having lots of closings. Uh, at the same time, we we closed one property and then uh, and we had three more in a row, and it goes like that. Now it's a I feel a little slowdown. Okay, I can also tell you from the point of view that I had a couple of Airbnbs, and you know they are like a forecast of of how yep. situations are, are being in Costa Rica because I can see last year they were with a 95% occupancy and now they're like at 80%. Yep. 
Poor you, Javier. Poor you at 80% occupancy. Yes, I know. <laughs> I, know I, love how, I love how we get upset that we went from 95% occupancy to 80% occupancy, <laughs> whereas like anywhere else in the world would buy their hands off at 80% occupancy. But I think what you're I think what it is that you're saying here, which is great, which is like, look, there is a slowdown, which is to be expected, whether that's people being called back to work, whether that's economic, you know, international economic issues. But yeah, it sounds like that there is a bit of a slowdown happening here. Maybe not as much as we're seeing in, you know, other parts of the world, but there is a bit of a cooling off. Yes, 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 a little bit. So, I mean, have you, where, I mean, have there been any areas of Costa Rica where you've done transactions that really surprised you? Oh, that's a good question. Well, you know, we don't surprise when we see a lot of transactions in Tamarind or Jaco. Yep. But, you know, Nosara has really surprised me as a Costa Rican because it's like the fastest developed place I have seen. Uh, most of the transactions are property transfers, which we as attorneys love, right? It's the closing. Of course. Let's go it's easy. It. Easy money. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, one day its name was not mentioned. Nosara was not a beach we cataloged as exceptional or a place Costa Ricans desire to invest. Yep. Suddenly, we can find upscale residences and I know clients who owns land and has been offered to buy it for much higher prices than what they thought. Yep. It's just happening like that. Well, I think the interesting thing that happened in Osada, because, you know, I've been watching Osada since the early 2000s, was that the um, Johnson & Johnson family bought Harmony Hotel. And that really started stuff off. And they were able to kind of get a lot of PR done for that hotel in that area. They got something in the New York Times. Then you had some... Instagram founders kind of turn up and buy some land and build homes. And what you got was this kind of this influx of billionaires, which bought millionaires, of course. Um, and then from there is, you know, it was just a cycle because everybody wanted to be in it. Um, and it's just it's an interesting phenomenon because it's very similar to Santa Teresa, um, except I'd probably say Nosada was more North Americans, whereas Santa Teresa, yes, is North Americans, but it's also Israelis and Italians and Argentinians as well. So it's a bit of a mix there. But it's been interesting because when a billionaire moves into town, uh, like Las Catalinas, you know, usually millionaires are not far behind them, uh, which I am neither. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I, I can't afford to move in behind them. But it's just interesting seeing that trend, you know, in people moving to the beach here. So, you know, just look out for where the billionaires are going. And then that's where basically you should be investing. Yes, it's amazing, you know. As I told you, it's not like an exotic beach, no Sara, or yep. something that Costa Rican said. This place is amazing. Wow. Like you said, Pavones, Pavones is it's one beautiful. of the best left yep. waves in the world. And and you know, first time I went, horses were running through the beach and my cows were flying over my head. A monkeys everywhere, you know, kind of oh, fauna and flora. I was so surprised and I said, Well, if we got some little bit of marketing and a, a couple of billionaires. I think we can do it very well. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I mean, let's just get into the nuts and bolts of ownership here in Costa Rica, because I know a lot of people listening to this podcast, you know, want to potentially invest or own here in Costa Rica, you know, and there are usually, you know, might, it might be their first investment abroad. But are there any limitations on foreigners owning Costa Rica, uh, Costa Rican real estate? Well, you know, I like this question because this is probably the most common question clients do. 
Yeah. Um, because in other countries, a foreigner cannot be the owner. Uh, this is the question that separates with a wall or with a bridge potential buyers from the different players involved in a transaction. Uh, the answer is, in Costa Rica, there are no limitations on foreigners. They can buy a property just with a passport. So I want all potential buyers to shake out any fear or doubt and feel free to go forward with their transaction with no limitations. Just cross the bridge, you know. Um, thinking, thinking about it, uh, there's only one limitation that appears to be when we talk about concessions. Yeah, uh, a concession is a leasing of a beach a front property. It is granted by the municipality, and to obtain this beach front lease foreigners need more than the passport you know they must either uh, have residency for at least five years or constitute a costa rican corporation in which at least 50 percent of its shares are held by a costa rican citizen that's the only limitation i can find you know and usually, Javier, if I'm correcting those concessions, the 50% sometimes is typically a lawyer and then it's held in trust, those shares, right? Just to protect the kind of, I suppose, the real owner behind it. Am I correct in saying that? Correct. You're completely correct. And there are le different legal structures that we can do in order to uh, reserve all the power of decision to the foreigner. Yeah. Yes. No, I'm I'm going through a uh, purchase of a concession actually, which is which is for a client that's uh, closing next week. So I'm I'm very familiar of <laughs> uh, all the powers of attorneys and the shares were in the trust and yeah, yeah. So it's 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 been an interesting uh, ride so far. So hopefully we'll we'll drag it across the finish line next week. But I mean, I think that you said it, Javier, there, which is that like there are no limitations. Owning land here for a foreigner is exactly the same as a Costa Rican owning land. You have exactly the same rights. Yes, yes, it's it's amazing, but it's like we love foreigners. <laughs> you know, you can feel it every day because I don't know if 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 in your daily basis you just see some Costa Ricans and they try to speak you in English yep. instead of Spanish. They they always yep. try to make feel foreigners the best that they can feel <laughs> in a well, pura vida style. That's part of the pura vida style. I agree. You know, I mean, uh, sometimes clients ask me, they're like, hey, did Costa Ricans not get really upset that like a lot of foreigners are coming in and like buying and developing a little bit? I might, in general, I don't think so. I mean, I don't, I hear more foreigners upset that foreigners are coming in and buying land. I was in Playa Grande yesterday and a, a guy that owns a house there was like, God, man, this, all this development, it's like, is, you know, I just really don't like it. But well, of course, nobody that's already built their home wants more homes being built around them. You know, they like it for what it is, that moment in time. Everybody's like that. But like, unfortunately, things move on and life moves on. But I never get the sense that Costa Ricans are upset that some of these areas are being developed. No, 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 no. We are always no. happy and to have more development. And we admire, oh. you know, the American culture and, and the organized they are. Uh, and the town planning they have uh, and most of all of us that are in the private side we yep. always are like how can we change this to the public side to yep. our desires our different town planning and and all the different regulating plans 
and how can can we organize this in a better way and and we will try to to help municipalities and different institutions of Costa Rica that approves different projects to let them see how things can can get better from an example of other countries like obviously uh United States yeah well it's funny because again you know i think costa rica sometimes admire you know foreign cultures but i think what foreign people coming into costa rica admire is the culture here if that makes sense and certainly i think at the central valley you can see that there is a little bit more of a north american culture but at the beaches i mean guanacaste you're not implementing a north american culture on guanacaste i mean you know there's a different time zone you know when you get to the beaches so yeah i mean it's I think it's important that, you know, things improve, but also as, I mean, I love Costa Rica because it is a disorganized mess sometimes, you know, and it's a land that operates in the gray. I mean, it's just, that's the beauty of it, um, you know. Yes, yes. Um, and I think it's going to be important that balance between us not changing it too much, you know, so we don't lose that authenticity that Costa Rica has. But anyway, well, Javier, I mean, what are the costs of buying real estate in Costa Rica, you know? What, what should people understand about, you know, closing costs and the cost of buying? Okay, listen, um, in the most common transactions, which are property transfers, yep. from the current owner to the new one, uh, the costs are, well, first the transfers tax, which is equivalent to 1.5% of the sales price. Yep. And then we have the registration stamps, that add another 1% and the notary fees have a variable rate, but in general terms, it add another 1.25% plus VAT tax. Okay. So yes, yes, it, it is. It, it, that's the general uh, costs that we have. Obviously more expenses can be added depending on the specific transaction. Maybe it's a yep. trust or you need a mortgage to finance the purchase. Uh, it's very common to use an escrow. And sometimes um, Americans like um, title companies yep. uh, to give some security title. And also, you know, before buying the property, uh, the notary will review or do the purchase and sale agreement and will perform a due diligence over the property. That work will involve some legal fees to be established pursuant the difficulties that can be found in the property. Well, talking due diligence, I mean, what due diligence should be done when buying a property in Costa Rica, in your opinion? You know, I've heard stuff where, you know, a realtor was like, hey, don't get a home inspection. You know, you don't need this. You don't need that. So, I mean, in your opinion, what are the what are the things that should always be done when buying a purchasing a property in Costa Rica? Well, that's a super important question. And my advice is always do due diligence. Always. I, I have, I had calls. And last month, uh, a new owner of a hotel in Osada called me and said, hey, the municipality is not giving me uh, the permit to use the land as commercial land. And I bought an ho a hotel, so I have to close it. And I said, what? And didn't you do a due diligence that establishes the use of the soil in that place, the use yeah. of the land? Is it commercial or not? I said, no, I don't have any due diligence. So um, problems can, can come if, if you really don't do that due diligence. Uh, what is due diligence? In this process, we investigate everything regarding the specific property. And the client wants to buy. 
all kinds of encumbrances, you know, and conventional mortgages, legal mortgages, trusts, water availability, electric availability. If the measure of the survey map is the same in the registry and the same in place, if there are pending trials, if there are easements and how good they are and what type of easement it is, because it depends on yep. the different kind of project you want to develop. If the property taxes are up to date or the same, if it is up to date, the property declaration in the municipality, which every five years the uh, owner must uh, declare the value of the land and the construction. And if it is and not a lot updated, of people forget that. A lot of people a lot forget of people that. Forget it. Yes. I, for being honest, we are always the one who offers that in the due diligence. The other part, yep. just forget it. And yep. we say, my, I have the experience from owners who bought the property and years passed and went to the municipality to pay taxes. And they said, hey, you owe some penalties because yep. you didn't you update the value. Updated, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Purchase yeah, price. Yeah. It's terrible. And, you know, we also and check the annual corporation tax that has to be paid in, in the case the owner of the property is a corporation. Um, we, you know, we check the existence. Uh, sorry? No, I was just going to say, Javier, I mean, there are a lot of things that need to be done in due diligence. And I mean, it's not for the faint hearted. You know, I've found so many people to be, as we say, you know, penny wise pound foolish, which means that they try and not get these studies done and the due diligence done during the purchase process, but it costs them a lot of money down the line. Like this Nosada property that you were talking about is it's a really easy thing to do to make sure that you it can be a commercial property. I mean, a lot of the time, just looking at the plan or you can tell whether something is going to be, you know, whether it has road frontage, it can be used for commercial or not, you know, or if there is a plan regular or, you know, what like a regulatory zoning plan of what it can be used for and it can't. So, I mean, I right. think my my advice to people, and I'm sure it'd be the same as yours is happier, is is like, what's the cost of a bad decision? You know, meaning that like, don't penny pinch when buying property because it could cost you thousands, hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, or millions later on down the road. That's correct. That's correct. No, 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 and no. and it's super important, especially in in coastal places to have a, a, a deep environmental study yep. of the limitations, river limitations, that kind of, all the mm -hmm. urban, urban plan limitations. You know, we always ask, my first question to the clients is, which is your desire? What is your dream? And yep. they said, hey, I would like to have a tower here. And I will say, okay, let me check and let's see how many floors uh, uh, the use of soil can tell me that you can have and the retirements and, and all kinds of limitations. So this is how we always begin. You know, the due diligence is the first escort the buyer will find from the attorney. And yeah. in our case, we advise from the acquisition and transformation of the land to the creation, financing, and execution of all kinds of projects. You know, when the project requires in a comprehensive manner, um, we, as the law firm, as Constructive Answers Law Firm, connects the client with the required professionals or company that will help to bring a solution at the goal to fulfill. And to connect doesn't mean an interchange of contacts. We take the lead in the pursuit of the client's dream. Yep. We are the only face the client needs to see, and we inform about every step and progress of the professionals that are working in the project. So it's super important, yes, to 
to to have this this escort with the client all the time all the time i agree i agree i mean buying in costa rica can be great as long as you have great consultants and advice around you you know if not you hear of again horror stories where someone bought a hotel for instance and they can't get commercial or they bought land and build a hotel um, and can't get commercial licenses on it. I've been through that as well, Javi. I had to buy enough road frontage of land from my neighbor, who, thank God, he was a great guy, Mike, and we bought enough road frontage to connect it to ours in order to be able to turn it into a hotel. But I've made that mistake. You know, I say to clients, of like, look, I've made every mistake exists out there. You know, so, like, if you want to know, I'll tell you every single one out there. But <laughs> let's talk. Let's change gears a little bit, Javier, and talk about squatters here because someone bought this up for me the other day. I mean, a lot of investors are scared to invest in, you know, land or property in Costa Rica because they've heard stories about squatters basically taking land. I mean, what rights do people have here? Oh, that's a very good question. Yeah. Well, um, if the squatters appear after the sale, uh, the investor has a full property right over the property. According to the Civil Code of Costa Rica, a property right contains the rights of possession, usufruct, transformation and disposal, defense, restitution, and compensation. So with that right in mind, yes, you can defend the land before the courts and claim its restitution. Defense and restitution will be the specific rights to claim. And the investors can lodge a complaint for usurpation in the criminal court or for eviction in the civil court. And it is not normal to find squatters, you know, in small portions of land. They try to possess portions of a big land. And if the investor buys a big land with the purpose of developing it in the future, the best will be to close it with gates or walls and hire a caretaker. Yep. Um, but if the squatters are in the land, um, in the investor and the investor wants to buy it, it could be a good opportunity to buy it at a lower price. It could be worth to buy the land if it is taken into account, into account by the parties that the investor will need to pay legal fees to clean the property, plus different kind of expenses during the time the situation is not resolved and other unforeseen circumstances. Usually a seller from a land with a squatter try to get rid of its land because don't have time or energy or the vision yep. to transform it. While the investor finds reasons to get revenue from the land. Uh, you know, where for someone there's garbage, for others there's gold. Yeah, There's an example with the, squatter, with the squatters in the land. Yeah. I mean, if you're if land has squatters on it and you're looking to buy that land, I mean, how do you get those squatters off that land? Do you have a conversation with them? Uh, do you have to go via legal means? I mean, typically, what are the remedies there? How are you? Well, that's a very good question. And we had all kind of experiences. First, we try to mediate, you know, yep. a conversation with them. And we try to to ask a background from the neighbors to see if this is kind of dangerous or not. Usually yep. it's not. They are just yeah. there because they need a land to live. Yep. Um, and usually with mediation, it's enough. Usually. And also at last, probably we have we will have them working in your projects. 
They yep. will be the taker, the, the caretaker. They will be the Fisher waitress. Uh, yep. That kind of, of things used to happen. Uh, and usually, at last, it ends very, very friendly. But yes, it's our first approach to talk with them. Sometimes um, we pay their improvements um, and they leave. Sometimes we remove them. If it is a big land, we remove the land. And for instance, they are in the in the front beach. And we said, man, we need that part to develop. So just let's remove you to, to the back and then you can yep. work in, in the land. And sometimes, yes, we have to go to, go to a trial. There is no other way. And, yeah. and yes, we lodge a complaint but, and that's it. But I think that you mentioned it there. I mean, there is typically always a win-win situation to be had. You just need to sit down and have a conversation a lot of the time. And I've had yes. that experience with, with squatters as well. Um, you know, they were just looking for a place to live and no one was on the land so that they came on it. And, you know, to an extent, they kind of took care of the land as well while, you know, while it wasn't there. So, you know, I think that there is a definitely a, an emotional attachment to it. So, you know, you just need to be aware of that when when dealing. And as I always say, you know, with the majority of Costa Ricans, it's 80 percent relationship, 20 percent business. So you just need to understand that, um, which yes. I think is a great way to do business, because, again, this is a country built on relationships. Yes, you're completely correct. Yeah. That is how it works. And go first with mediation. Yep, 100 yeah. percent. Well, Javier, my last question for you, as I know that uh, you're busy and uh, and uh, so am I, but if you had $500,000 uh, to invest in a business or real estate in Costa Rica, what would you do with it and why? Well, that's a very good question. <laughs> and well, I will invest it. And based on what is happening right now, yep. I will invest it in buying a land Probably in Pavones, <laughs> yep. in, in buying a land in, in an untouchable place and build a house because I am feeling that we don't have enough inventory. I agree. And, and people that are coming to buy are asking, hey, and show me your inventory. I'm going to buy a property. And yep. we don't have so much options. And I would like to be one of those options. And yep. I think that it will be sale very fast. So I will continue with that process for a while that... because it's working right now. And the worst thing that can happen is that you stay with a with a property, a beautiful property, and you just go with your family and enjoy it, <laughs> right? Yeah. And give yeah. a Costa Rican lifestyle. So <laughs> that will be, I think, my 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 decision right now. Fantastic. Well, Javier, I really appreciate your time for coming on the podcast. This has been great information for the listeners. I'll put all of your contact details in the description down below. So if anybody wants to get in contact with you, they can. But really appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast with us, sir. Thank you so much, Richard. Every time we can help, here we are. You know where to call me. Fantastic. Thanks very much, Javier. Thanks to you. Bye-bye. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that podcast there with Javier Delgado. Uh, if you have any questions or want to get in contact with Javier, all of his contact details will be in the description down below. As you can see, he has a lot of experience when it comes to real estate in Costa Rica. Uh, and I think for anyone that's listening to the podcast, you know, I always say that it's very much caveat emptor, um, which is buyer beware here in Costa Rica, because once you purchase something, there really is no going back. So just make sure, you know, don't be penny wise and pound foolish. 
Um, make sure that you get great consultants around you uh, and good people, um, because there are a lot of landmines, as I like to say here, in real estate in Costa Rica. Remember, you can contact us, info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, please pass the pod, share it with people, um, and also give us a great review as well. But uh, until the next podcast, guys, appreciate you listening and have a great day. Bye. The number one Costa Rica real estate and investment podcast, bringing you experts from all over Costa Rica.